Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Hard-hitting, no-holds-barred. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. So I got an email from Tony. He says, Message to Mark Bergerman. If you won't bring John Scott up, send him to my team. The Maple Leafs. <laughs> oh, my. We may have started something. It is time for our weekly Beauties on the Beast with Catherine Swift. WorkingCanadians.ca, Ms. Swift. Mr. Green. How are you? Great. Good. You? Never better. Excellent. Might be a slight exaggeration, but we'll go with that. Self-delusion works. We'll go with that. <laughs> Linda Leatherdale. I did it again. I said it correctly again. <laughs> Thank you, Roy. <laughs> At Linda Leatherdale. Hi, Linda. L. Leatherdale. LindaLeatherdale.com, independent business journalist, vice president of Cambria, Canada. And Michelle Simpson. At Michelle Simpson on Twitter, former liberal member of parliament, who's the least... Um, what's that word I'm looking for? Partisan? That's the one. <laughs> the least partisan person on this. Do you know that, You know that, Michelle? You were a member of parliament for a political party, and you're the least partisan person on this panel. <laughs> Isn't that ironic? It is. It's a very strange reality, but, but it is what it is. Uh, we're going to be speaking with Patrick Brown in the next segment, so we'll have to go through a, a number of things. The uh, Ontario PC leader, I know you all want to ask him a question, right, Linda? Right, Roy, absolutely. What's the question you want to ask him? Well, you know, it's tough. I think he's going to have a lot of dissension within his party ranks over the carbon tax. i got to be honest. And the other question I have, he says it's going to be revenue neutral. I don't trust any of that. Excuse me. And he's saying that we have to bring down energy prices to bring Ontario back. Well, I don't see anything going lower with embracing cap and trade. No matter how you spin it, I don't agree. Okay, I just want some opening thoughts really quickly on what Patrick Brown's going to face, because I know they're listening and they want to, well, let's scare them a little bit. Catherine, what do you want to say to Mr. Brown about, about embracing a carbon tax? Well, first of all, carbon tax is not cap and trade. They're very different caps. And there's also a, a bazillion versions of each. So, you know, to, to be fair, you do have to get into the ugly details. A carbon tax like implemented in British Columbia, which is I, what I understand, and he can clarify later, uh, Patrick Brown's talking about, can indeed be revenue neutral. So uh, if that is the case, what you do is you levy a tax on carbon. Again, you can set it at a certain percentage amount, whatever. But what you do is offset it by income tax reductions. And the whole point of that is that the government isn't making any money out of it. And what Wynne is talking about with cap and trade, the government will definitely make a whack of money out of. But with, with a, with a so-called car, again, if implemented properly, um, the government won't make any money out of it. It is geared to uh, try to influence people's behavior to consume less carbon, gas, etc. So the word that comes to mind to me is manipulation. But I spoke with, uh, with Bjorn Lomborg at length about both the... Uh, uh, the carbon tax and cap and trade, and he's a fan of, of neither the way governments apply it. But we'll see what Mr. Brown has to say. Michelle, um, your thoughts on really quickly on the carbon tax and uh, for for provincial government? 
I really want it. I want the details because I tr- I don't trust any of it, none of it. And you know, Catherine's quite right. It can be revenue revenue neutral, but if it's implemented correctly, and I don't have the faith, so I want to know how are you going to ensure that this gets implemented properly? Okay, so now they're they're working very quickly to provide Mr. Brown with answers. No, I he'll have he'll have the answers. I th- I just got a little crazy in the last half hour because I was talking about not liking hockey fights anymore, not stand not supportive of hockey fights, but I want Mark Bergevin of the Canadians to bring John Scott up to the the Habs because I'm tired of watching these guys turn their backs on each other. So I think I think I've kind of gone a little woo woo. Um, psychologically. <laughs> so, I don't want to say it, but it won't be the first time, right? I know it wouldn't be the first time. And as I said to a couple of callers last time, I hate being proven wrong again and again and again, so stop it. Uh, last night in Chicago, what do you guys make of that? Uh, Catherine, the uh, situation, uh, moveon.org is now taking responsibility for the disruption of the uh, Trump um, uh, rally. Well, visa freedom of speech. That's all I can say. Uh, no matter what anybody says, if it's not illegal, I, I personally greatly value freedom of speech, and I think shame on them for interrupting it. Uh, and you can like or dislike anybody in the political sphere, but again, unless they're breaking the law somehow, I think they have the right to say what they're going to say, to have a rally when they want to, and I think that's reprehensible what happened. Okay, Linda uh, um, uh, and Michelle, do you both agree with what Catherine said? Because if you do, I'll move on to the next point. And I agree with I agree yeah. with Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so we have Mr. Trudeau. See, we're just managing the clock here now. We have Mr. Trudeau going to uh, Washington. I'm going to be speaking more about that tomorrow. And uh, Catherine's now reaching for the uh, I'm the I'm unwell bag that you find on airliners. <laughs> <laughs> At least she threatened she would in an email to me earlier this week. Well, I'm not supposed to talk about that, I guess. Um, but I, I, re, I'm re, I reached for the same bag, uh, Catherine, and I went a step further, okay? If you know what I mean. Don't um, really want to hear about it, Roy. No, no, you don't want to hear look, about this. Trust I mean, me, you listen, don't want to hear about pomp it. pomp and yeah. circumstance is fine. I, I don't want to be misinterpreted. Every government does it in their own way, and that's all well and good. But I guess what did bother me somewhat about that whole love fest in Washington was that Frankly, Obama, and he's a, he's a lame duck now, so he's on his way out. He can do whatever he wants, and it'll have zero effect on much of anything. But he has dumped on Canada for years. He rejected Keystone while developing, while going overboard to develop even dirtier uh, oil and other reserves in the U.S. And, and frankly, and as you know, too, <clears throat> Trudeau spoke to a group that is a very, very virulent. Center for American Progress. Yeah, Center for was it Progressive Americans or something or other. Anyway, and and to me, if, if I, I'm not in Alberta or Saskatchewan, but if I were, I would think that was a stick in my eye by my prime minister, and I have a problem with that. You know, he sp- he did a Q and A. I watched every minute of it with the president of the Center for American Progress, and not once. Not once did Mr. Trudeau mention the oil sands, even though the the Center for American Progress has denigrated the oil sands as the tar sands, has denigrated the uh, the product that comes out of the ground as as dirty oil. Tom Steyer, who's on the board of directors of the Center for American Progress, a billionaire owner of NextGen, guess what they make? Mr. Steyer uh, lobbied extensively against Keystone XL. It didn't happen. Keystone didn't happen. So not once did Mr. Trudeau say anything 
anything about the oil sands. Not once did he say anything about pipelines. He just sat there and prattled on about he's the prime minister because you're not taking away citizenship, dual citizenship, from terrorists convicted of committing terrorist acts in Canada. That said, he said that's why he's the prime minister today. So, oh Michelle, what do you... I'm sorry. I mean, you sat with the man in Parliament. Um did, did you see anything worthwhile in, 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 in Washington? I know you'll tell me what you think. Well, as far as I was concerned, it was one giant photo op. And it was like going to a rock concert. He did generate a lot of interest. Like, it was amazing. For the first time in a good many years, having Americans come up to you and say, and actually know the name of the prime minister and that he's a prime minister and not a president. Other than that, I thought it was, you know, a kumbaya moment. Yeah. I have to ask you one other question. I go back to Trump for a second, Michelle. You're in California right now. Yes. What level of enthusiasm is there in arguably the most liberal state in the United States, maybe along with New York? What level of enthusiasm is there on the street for Donald Trump? Wow, and in California, too, eh? Yeah. I mean, of all places, let's face it, it's not known as the right-wing central. (laughs) I've got to tell you, it is huge. Wow. You see the bumper stickers? I I mean, I was blown away. That's what's got me, you know, it it was so convoluted, I thought, where am I? I felt like Dorothy, and I woke up somewhere (laughs) in the Midwest that my house had blown away. We're not in Kansas Kansas anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about, uh, because we're going to take a break and then talk to Patrick Brown in a couple of minutes. Linda, you wanted to get at something. You felt that it was appropriate for Justin Trudeau to remind Americans there are countries other than the United States. Well, you know what? This has been my beef, Roy, for a long time. In fact, I said if I was ever, maybe it should be Michelle, prime minister of this country, I would demand that Americans know more about Canada. And i got to remind everybody, the United States and Canada, we have the largest trade relationship in the world. And I can say the numbers, but it's billions of dollars. And i got to say something, Roy, energy is a big part of that. So let's remember that. But uh, you know what? I will applaud him. I mean, whether it's because it's a Trudeau name, but putting Canada on the map in the face of Americans. You know, we know every move they make, but they know nothing of us unless Pierre Elliott Trudeau flips the finger or Rob Ford does dope. Uh, It's embarrassing. And I have, and I know know Michelle could probably concur, I have uh, relatives who live in the States, and, and they they get no news from Canada. We've got a lot going on here, and it just it irks me. It really does. So I will applaud Justin Trudeau for that, making that statement. Okay, I have to take a break. By the way, I watch Fox News a fair bit. I also watch MSNBC. For those of you who don't think that I watch left-wing stuff, I take my Valium first, and then I watch MSNBC. But <laughs> um, but uh, I watch Fox News, and I watch um, uh, Bill O'Reilly's um, uh, producer Jesse Waters, and he goes out and on the campuses and in the streets in the United States, and he asks Americans about the United States. I have no clue, but we could do it in this country too. We'd also have 
very little. How many people know what an election issue in Saskatchewan is right now? How many people in this country would know that the election in Saskatchewan is on the 4th of April? How many people would know that two members of the NDP in Saskatchewan have had to step aside because what they did, because what they wrote online and it came back to haunt them? How many people in the country know that? Because Saskatchewan is an important part of this country's equation, a significantly important part, with probably the most efficient and effective and, and, and uh, an admirable premier in the country. So... Well, that's our education well, system, though. Hate I've to said say my it, thing. If they're not teaching it, it's not going to get learned, sadly. Exactly. No. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Patrick Brown, the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party leader. We'll find out from Mr. Brown. I'm just going to sit back and listen to um, Michelle and, uh, and Catherine interrogate him about carbon tax. Stay with us. <laughs> Passionate, patriotic, a little bit pugilistic, and always professional. Hear what Roy Green has to say on the Chorus Radio Network. I just have a message for Patrick Brown's uh, people in his office. You've been trying to call us and you're getting a busy signal. It was an issue at our end, so uh, you can call us now. You know the number? I uh, give it to you. And uh, if you don't have that one, you can reach us on uh, 416-870-6400. But I did give the number to Mr. Brown's office, and they have not sent me an email to indicate that they were trying to get through. So anyway... Um, Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson, they're the beauties down the beast were waiting for Patrick Brown. Not his fault. My fault. It's my doing, so I apologize. I didn't tell the uh, guys in the studio everything they needed to know, or I didn't write it down, and so the line was busy. But it's not now. So let's continue with, um, with, with this whole issue about, um, telling, I mean, understanding what this country is about under, because because I think you made a very important point, Linda, and that is, you know, we tell Americans they should know about us, but we don't know about ourselves enough, nearly enough. How many people know that a Saskatchewan election is taking place on April the 4th? You know, I have to admit that, Roy. Not, not, en- not enough people know. Yeah. Not enough, and, you know, we don't follow what's happening in the country. Yeah. But we jump to uh, we we jump to um, to attack one another based on just on on surveillance information, and a lot of maybe a lot of that uh, Michelle blame belongs to media. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know the way the news cycle goes, and uh, you would think in this day and age with social media we'd know more, but we actually know less. We tend to plug into certain stories to the exclusion of all others. And I did know that there was an election. I didn't know what the issue was, but I knew there was an election in Saskatchewan. But, you know, I confess that, you know, there isn't nearly enough coverage across the country. Well, there's also an election in Manitoba. That's uh, right. That's right. uh, where the the leader Greg Selinger is reviled even within his own party, so that's a, that's a messy little business as well. But I I don't know, you know, Roy. My theory, and I've said it before in your show, is that we are so darned lucky here in Canada, and a lot of our luck derives from things that, to be honest, we really haven't earned. Things like natural resources, things like proximity to the massive engine that is the U.S. economy. I mean, people in Canada sometimes like to hate the U.S. But they are a huge driver of the Canadian economy and a lot of jobs and a lot of investment. And I think when we're fairly complacent, we have less interest 
in what's going on. It, it, you know, you go to countries where there are all kinds of trouble, not that we want to go there, but uh, people are very engaged because they have to be because they're worried about their livelihood, their next meal, their next rent payment or whatever. Yeah, and $300 billion in exports to the United States. I mean, that's a – and, of course, I mean, we've got our dollar issue right now. But we are. This is, as I said, the largest trade relationship in the world, and uh, it's important. Uh, I agree with you, Roy, that Canadians should know more. And also here's what I'm really, really concerned about. Young people, we can mobilize in elections in the United States and definitely in this last federal election, all the young people, but are they educated on all of these issues or is it blind faith? In other words, I call it salt-lit journalism. We all go for the one issue and we forget all the broad sweep. And energy is one of them. It's huge. When you're in school, when you're attending school in this country, how much are you taught about Canada, really? We, I think it's five, is it five or six, I think it's five provinces, but make it mandatory that Canadian history be taught uh, during the public school experience, five out of ten. And and we know, for example, that the uh, federal um, citizenship minister, immigration minister, John McCallum, has said there's going to be a reduction of, or at least less emphasis on the Canadian history for the uh, for the citizenship exam for newcomers to Canada. Why? Wrong. Wrong. Why? Wrong. Well, they actually, the, the newcomers knew far more than what we were, you know, what a lot of Canadians knew, because they had to study it. Yeah, but now they're going to, John McCallum's words were, there's too much of the War of 1812. Yeah, but that's all politics. Yeah. You know, one thing, the Liberals have gone out of their way to reverse a lo- virtually everything that the Harper government did. Some of it I actually agree with. The long-form census is one example. But they've gone berserk about it. And there's, there's apparently like one mention in the Citizenship Guide of the War of 1812. That was a pivotal historical event for Canada. So yeah, I think what more- McCallum, McCallum is spewing is total partisan stuff and, and frankly shouldn't be given too much attention. Yep. Well, I, I'm going to give it attention when he uh, waters down the uh, citizenship test. I, I want to know why. But uh, when Mr. McCallum was the the um, chief economist for the Royal Bank of Canada, he used to appear on my show all the time. Now, not so much. But uh, we're, we have about 45 seconds left. Uh, I want to ask you guys really quickly, very quick, just gut, gut check a, a moment. Is Donald Trump going to be the next president of the United States? Don't tell me what you think should happen. What do you think is going to happen, Catherine? I think that he, he, I think Hillary Clinton is praying for his being the Republican candidate. That's what I think. Linda? There's a chance. There's a chance. Um, oh, make a call. Come on. Stop. Get off the fence. Get off the fence. Yeah, he could be. Get off the fence. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I still have a feeling Hillary's going to take it, but okay. Ms. Michelle, what's, <laughs> what's your gut well, tell you, Michelle? Well, we'll have two historic presidencies back-to-back. First black president and first female president, if, okay. he's, a, if he's a candidate. And I'll tell you my, my sense is, and I'm John Kasich supporter, I think Trump's going to be the next president of the United States. Oh, this is a good bet. Go. Maybe we should put some money down on this. i got to go, kids. <laughs> How much money, Roy? Oh, I don't know. Nothing. <laughs> Talk to you next weekend. Next week. Toodaloo. We'll come right back.